Welcome to Defending Digital. I'm Chad Warner. Today's topic, how to choose parental control and internet filtering software. If you're a parent or guardian of minors, you're aware of the many digital dangers your kids face. Maybe you've heard other parents mention that they use parental controls or internet filters to control what their kids do with their devices, but you're not sure how to start looking for software for your family. I'll share with you the criteria to look for when choosing parental control and internet filtering software. The threats. When kids have their own devices, especially those with internet access, there's a good chance they'll try to use them in ways that are against your wishes. Here are just a few of the challenges you face. One, your kids may spend more time using their devices than you want them to. Two, your kids may use apps you don't approve of. Three, your kids may view websites, images, videos, and other content that you don't approve of. Four, your kids may send and receive messages you don't approve of. Five, your kids may use their devices without your supervision, whether at home or outside it. And six, the parental controls built into devices and apps may not limit your kids as much as you would like. The criteria to look for in parental control and internet filtering software. Parental control and internet filtering software can help. Parental controls refers to software that allows a parent to control what the child can do with a device, which may include limiting screen time, disallowing apps, or filtering content. Internet filtering refers to disallowing access to particular websites, images, video, and other content. Parental controls is a broad term that encompasses various controls, one of which is internet filtering. There's a wide variety of parental control and internet filtering software, so you may feel overwhelmed when you start looking for options. I'd like to make your search easier by telling you what criteria to look for. Here are 15 questions to ask about the software that you're considering. One, what devices does it work with? Make sure the software works with the devices you intend to use it on. For the sake of simplicity, it's best to use the same parental control software for as many devices as you can. So consider all the devices your kids use and what operating system or OS they run. Major operating systems, such as Windows, macOS, iOS, and Android, have parental controls built in, though they don't provide as many features as third-party parental control software. But native control parental controls can operate at a deeper level, and third-party software may be limited by the operating system at present or in the future. One thing to keep in mind when choosing devices for your kids, iOS, the operating system on iPhones, is more secure and private than Android. But Apple limits what third-party parental controls and internet filters can do. So depending on the parental control features that you want and the software you choose, you may want to consider Android devices for your kids. Question two, what apps can it monitor or control? Parental control software differs in which apps they're able to monitor or control. Pay attention to the list and ensure the ones that you care about are included. Pay special attention to social media, messaging, and dating apps. If you want to monitor or control calls and messages, think beyond regular phone calls and text messaging. Kids often use third-party apps for calls and messaging, such as WhatsApp. Question three, will it work outside my home network? For a desktop computer or a laptop that rarely leaves your home, parental control software that works only when the device is connected to your home network may be fine. But for any mobile devices that are used outside your home, you'll want software that will work outside your home network. For example, OpenDNS provides free or paid web filtering, and I previously discussed that in this podcast and at DefendingDigital.com. But it only works on your home network. 
If you want your kids to be filtered when they're away from home or at home but using cellular data rather than your Wi-Fi, you'll need another solution instead of or in addition to OpenDNS. Question four, how granularly can it filter content? If you want to filter content, such as websites and messages, look at how granularly or specifically it can filter. Some software will block entire websites. Others will block web pages within websites. Others will block sections inside of web pages. There are probably some sites that you don't want your kids to see any part of, but there are likely other sites that have a lot of content that you'd be fine with them accessing. The same concept applies to software that filters messages. Do you want the software to block an entire message that contains an objectionable word, or does it just block that word? Question five, what website categories can be filtered? If the software filters websites, check the list of categories that can be filtered to ensure it includes all the categories you want to disallow. A longer list of narrow categories will give you more control than a shorter list of broad categories. Question six, what monitoring can I do? If you want the software to monitor your kid's activity, think about how you want that to work. How quickly do you want to be notified of unapproved behavior? Do you want an immediate alert or do you just want to review reports from time to time? Question seven, does it use a whitelist or a blacklist? First, a couple definitions, which you can also find in the glossary at defendingdigital.com. A whitelist is a list of approved items. A system that uses a whitelist blocks all items that are not on the whitelist. A blacklist is a list of disapproved items. A system that uses a blacklist allows all items that are not on the blacklist. Parental control software may use a whitelist or a blacklist to determine what apps can be used. Internet filters may use a whitelist or a blacklist to determine which web pages can be accessed. There are pros and cons to both approaches. Imagine your parental control software uses a blacklist. Say a new inappropriate app comes out and your kids know about it for a month before the software adds it to its blacklist. Your kids would be able to use it for that month until it's blacklisted. If the software had used a whitelist, then the app would have been blocked. On the other hand, imagine that your software uses a whitelist. An appropriate app comes out and your kids are blocked from using it for a month before the software adds it to its whitelist. Regardless of whether the software uses a whitelist or a blacklist, you can see why it's important that the software provider be frequently updating that list. Question eight, does it control screen time? How specifically? Some parental control software lets you control how much time your kids spend on their devices. Software varies in how specifically you can control the use. On one end of the spectrum is allowing or disallowing a device to be used at all. At the other end of the spectrum is the ability to schedule when certain apps are available or when the internet can be accessed. Make sure the software you choose gives you the controls that you want. Question nine, what browsers does it work with? If your parental control and internet filtering software only works with one browser, guess what your kid is going to do? That's right, use a different browser. Maybe the software will try to prevent that, but it's better to use software that works with at least all the major browsers. Question 10, can it filter HTTPS traffic? HTTPS creates a secure encrypted connection between a web browser and a website to protect transmitted data from eavesdroppers. You've seen browsers show web addresses or URLs that start with HTTPS colon slash slash, and maybe also show a padlock symbol. Some internet filtering software can filter HTTPS traffic. Other, others can't. If it can't, your kid may be able to get around the filter by using a proxy site. 
So it's better to use software that can filter HTTPS traffic. Question 11, can it track my kid's location? If you want the ability to remotely track your kid's location, ensure that the software includes that functionality. I recommend researching how the software handles location tracking and sharing, and how it restricts your child's location info to only you or authorized users. Question 12, how will I manage it? See how you manage the software, set restrictions, view reports, etc. Some gives you a mobile app, others don't, so you need to use a website or desktop software. Ensure that your software will let you manage it the way you want to. Question 13, how frequently is it updated? Because operating systems, apps, and websites are constantly changing, parental controls and internet filters need to keep up. Ensure that the company updates their software regularly. Question 14. How, easy, how easily can my kid disable it? The world of parental controls and internet filtering can be a cat and mouse game, with your kid trying to find any way around the restrictions. So you need to be aware of any known ways to get around the software that you're considering. The company selling the software isn't likely to tell you this, so you'll need to search online to find reviews, blog posts, forum posts, etc. You can Google how to get around the name of the software and how to disable the name of the software. Question 15. How many devices or accounts does it cover? Parental control and internet filtering software is licensed in different ways. It can cover one device, multiple devices, or a whole household. Question 16. What does it cost? Building on the last point, pay attention to how the software is priced. Is it per device or per household? Per month or per year? What are the ongoing fees? Now there's certain uh, parental control and internet filtering software that's frequently mentioned and recommended within the industry. So a few places to start. There's Custodio, which is spelled Q-U-S-T-O-D-I-O, NetNanny, Symantec Norton Family Premier, Kaspersky Safe Kids, and Circle with Disney. And you can find links to all of these in the blog post that goes along with this episode at DefendingDigital.com. You're the parent. Technology is no substitute for parenting. You can't rely on software to keep your kids in line. You need to be having conversations with your kids about appropriate and inappropriate behavior online and the consequences, whether those are consequences that you will impose or consequences that are just natural uh, consequences of the behavior. I recommend talking to your kids about the printer controls and filters that you put in place. Explain in terms they can understand what the software can do. Keep the lines of communication open talking about what they're experiencing, what you've noticed, and what to do about it. Let them know you're on their side, watching out for their best interests. What you should do. One, define what you want your parental control and internet filtering software to do. Start with what you've learned in this post, in this episode. You can refine your requirements list as you learn more about the features of different software. Two, look for the software that will work best for you and your kids. Use the 16 questions in this episode. Start by looking at the popular software that I described above and take advantage of software demos and trials. Three, install and configure the software that you selected. Four, talk to your kids about the parental controls and filters that you put in place. Talk when you put the software in place as well as regularly after that. Technology is no substitute for parenting. And five, Regularly evaluate how well the software is working for your family. Adjust the software and your family's rules as necessary. 
That's it for today. You can learn more about digital security and privacy at defendingdigital.com. And if you know other parents who are struggling with these issues, uh, protecting their kids online and, and filtering content, uh, you can send them this episode. You can also send them the link to the post at defendingdigital.com. If you're enjoying the podcast, I would love it if you would rate and even review it in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, anywhere that you are listening to the podcast, and also spread the word to your friends. Thanks.